a couple of specials this morning. No, uh, Miss Jordan Levis going to come around and bring us some specials this time. We have with us again this morning, Ethan. He's fixing to go off to college. 
So we're going to make him sing one more time before he, before he leaves. Brother Ethan, come on. What's in my soul? I'd ask for all the hate to be swept away, for love to overflow. If I wrote a note to God. My heart out on each page I'd ask for war to end And for peace to mend this world I'd say I'd say I'd say Give us the strength to make it through Help us find love cause love is overdue and it looks like we haven't got a clue on this road we're on if I wrote a note to God I'd say please help us find a way and all the bitterness put some tenderness in our hearts I'd say I'd say I'd say give us the strength to make it through help us find love cause love is overdue and it looks like we haven't got a clue Need some hey, 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 help from you Grant us the faith to carry on Give us hope when it seems our hope is gone Cause it seems like so much is going wrong On this road we're on No, no we can't do this on our own So, so oh. And it looks like we haven't got a clue Need some hey, 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 help Grant us faith to carry on Hope when it seems the hope is gone Cause it seems like so much is going wrong On this road we're on No, no We can't do this on our own So, so
What a powerful song. And uh, both Jordan and Ethan literally knocked it out of the park. And uh, they both did a great job. Home run on both scores. Uh, gold medal uh, since we're in the Olympic spirit uh, for both of them. And uh, thank the Lord for that. And I appreciate them for singing, both of them. And of course, we have many college students that are about to go off again. And thank the Lord they do come back and uh, visit with family and share with us the talents that uh, uh, God has blessed them with. And just uh, just so glad that uh, to come back home. It is a uh, just, and it is kind of a brief right before... We go back to school and kind of get back into our fall uh, rhythm and routine. Uh, just kind of, we need a, a breather, a refresher, a, a charge up, a uh, to have uh, a speaker come in. And uh, Brother Doves Byers uh, speaking this morning, pastor or not pastor, but a member at Southside and Star City has a unique ministry, Compass Ministries plus. Uh, his uh, secular calling, if you will, uh, being the superintendent over Arkansas Correctional School System, and he can kind of express that a little bit more. And so God has used him. He also teaches at Cabby. He's one of our instructors at Cabby, and, and all, most of you are familiar with the seminary where uh, Trey attends and that I help them out uh, as an instructor. And so uh, just be in prayer for him. Try your very best. Be back tonight for tonight's services to get charged up. Uh, we won't be having Bible study. It'll just be uh, preaching worship at 6 uh, p.m. That's our normal when we have it on Sunday, uh, our normal routine. We neglected to announce that last uh, Sunday, but uh, we'll stick with that routine. So be back tonight to uh, hear what Brother Doves, especially if, uh, matter of fact, let me just go ahead and re. Confirm how many teachers or assistants, if you're a teacher or assistant, lift your hand. Up high, lift up, lift up high. Especially you, uh, it's for everybody, but we need to refocus because we are, we're starting a brand new quarter in September. And we need to really focus on trying to reach out to our class members and reach out to them. So, and Brother Doves, while you get your preliminaries done, I'm praying for you. The church is praying for you. I'm going to be doing my thing and about uh, take me about 30 seconds to get rolling. But you just take care of your preliminaries. We're proud to have you and Miss Jane. Excited that y'all could drive down here, spend the day with us today. All right. It's probably going to take me a little longer than 30 seconds to do my preliminaries. So, good good morning. It's good to see you. It's good to be back. I, I, we were talking out there. It was uh, probably in uh, 2000, I think, when I was down here before. Uh, it was right after, as a matter of fact, it was right after TLC was started, I think, and and I uh, came down and visited with you. Um, I, I have a lot of. I'd like to share a few things with you before we do get started. First of all, I was asked to come down and, and to speak on church strengthening. I want to tell you that there's not a greater evidence of church strengthening than what I saw here this morning. Uh, for this church to come together, I'm going to tell you, there's nothing, there's nothing more powerful than church unity and to, and to, and to, and to, and to stand around in unity with your pastor. 
There's nothing better that you can do to strengthen your church than that. I have a lot of respect for Promised Land. Uh, you've, 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 been a, you've been a stalwart here in this community for, for years and years and years. I know, I know that you've had some rough, uh, a few rough spots along the way, as every church has, but y'all, Promised Land has a good reputation. You have credibility. You have credibility here in this community, and you have credibility uh, throughout our work. And, and I, I, I commend you for that. Um, as, we're gonna, as we get into this, though, you're going to learn that, that once you have it, you've got to do something to maintain it. You've got to keep, you've got to keep going. Um, I have a lot of connections with, uh, with Promised Land, uh, Eddie and Gail Shepherd are very good friends of mine. I, there's not anybody in the world I think more of than uh, than Eddie Shepherd as a man, as a leader, and of course Gail. I, I love her to death, and I know that she, they have a lot of connections here, and and uh, I have a lot of connections. Some of y'all, if, if you if you if you're old like me, you maybe remember uh, uh, Charles Allen when Charles Allen was superintendent of schools here at Hamburg. Doctor Allen and I have worked together for the last 15 or 20 years. I have a whole lot of respect for him. We've had a great professional relationship uh, for many years. Bobby Harper, who was former superintendent here, now superintendent over at Monticello, uh, he and I have had a great uh, relationship, have a lot of respect for him. Uh, Marilyn Chambers is one of my favorite people in the world. She's one of my favorite school people in the world. She's highly competent. I've had a, uh, I've, I've, uh, she was a federal coordinator when I was assistant superintendent of schools. We got to know, know each other very well. So I, I have a lot of... Uh, I have a lot of uh, connections here with you and a lot of good friends. I want to reiterate what Brother Michael said. The, the three messages, the three teachings that I'm going to be bringing are, are interconnected. They are interrelated. Uh, this morning, uh, we're going to be talking about um, uh, salty dogma. Uh, you are the salt of the earth, and that's a message to this church. That's a, that's a message to Promised Land Baptist Church. Then tonight, we're talking, uh, and I, I came up with the title, Hey, Teach. Now, y'all, you got to understand, I was a teacher, and I'm still locked up in prison. Probably y'all are glad of that. You probably look at me and say, well, he needs to be. Uh, for, for 37 years, I've been working in prison, uh, prison schools, and for 20 years, I was at Cummins. And I was a teacher for a year, and then principal down there for 19 years, and I don't. I cannot. I cannot even fathom the number of times I heard inmates say, "Hey, teach! Hey, teach!" Y'all, we settled more. But there was more money won and lost on our word. You know, if if somebody needed something settled, let's ask teacher. Let's ask teacher. So, hey, teach! Y'all, your teaching ministry here at at Promised Land is vitally important. And, and I'm going to be talking tonight, it, it's, it, there are going to be some things directed to teachers. But all of you are involved in the Great Commission. All of you are involved in, in, in teaching, teaching to observe all things that Christ has commanded. The teaching ministry here is so vitally important. So while I would like to see all of the teachers here tonight, I would like to see everybody else as well because we're going to be talking about uh, how vitally important your teaching ministry is. Wednesday night, Wednesday night, um, we're going to be talking about uh, earning learning credibility. And uh, no, that's tonight. Uh, 
Wednesday night, we're going to be talking about every member a minister. And y'all, I don't know, a lot of times we say, well, you know, uh, uh, our pastor's our minister, right? Our pastor's our minister, but that's not right. You're the minister. Did you know that? The Bible calls you the minister. He's the administer. He's the one who prepares you for ministry. And we're going to be talking about every member a minister. So this morning, we're talking about salty dogma. I'm glad to have my wife, Jane, here with me. Uh, if you get to know her, uh, you understand that she's the be- she is truly the better half. Uh, when I go off and when I, when I uh, do uh, interim work or do past, uh, pastoral work or even at Southside, uh, when, when I'm, we're around people a whole lot and I get ready to go somewhere and do something, they look at me and say, Dubs, we don't mind if you go, but would you leave Jane here? Uh, so, uh, she, uh, she's, uh, she's, uh, been, and by the way, we celebrate 40 years together here in just a week or two. So, uh, Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. Christ says, you are the salt of the earth. Now, y'all, I don't know if we understand exactly what Christ is saying there when he says, you are the salt of the earth. And by the way, he's calling Promised Land Baptist Church the members of Promised Land Baptist Church, he's calling you, he's saying, you are the salt of the earth. Salt is, is a necessity of life. It's a mineral that, that was used in ancient times in, in, in many cultures. It's used as, uh, the, the, the things that it's used for is, number one, seasoning. And we'll talk about that here in a few minutes. It's used as a preservative, and it's used as a disinfectant. As a matter of fact, our word salary, did you know this? Our, everybody earns a salary, right? Uh, we, or we like to earn a salary. Uh, but a salary comes from uh, the, the Latin word salarium, which actually means salt money. Uh, soldiers particularly were paid in wages with salt. It means salt money. You know, we take salt for granted. It's such an easy product for us to get our hands on today. We go to the grocery store, we see the iodized salt in the, in the, in the, in the little round box, and we get it and we put it in our, our, our shopping cart and we bring it home, and no big deal. Y'all, salt kingdoms rose and fell over the availability of salt. Did you know that? It's such, a, it's such an important component that 2,000 years before Christ the rulers of this world found out the value of salt and started taxing it. Salt has been taxed since 2,000 years before Christ. As a matter of fact, it was a, it was a high crime for people to deal in salt to, uh, on, the, on the black market. You could, you could be arrested, you could be thrown in prison, you could be executed for dealing in salt on the black market. It was such an important commodity. We crave salt, don't we? We crave salt. You don't know it. You don't, you, you don't necessarily know it because it's so plentiful today. You do know about salt licks, though, don't you? You know, we get those salt licks and we put them out near the deer stand or we put them out in the, in the, in the, in the cattle uh, where the cattle are. Why? Because we realize that every creature craves salt. 
Saul's is also such a powerful meta, uh, metaphor. Uh, if you want to talk about Saul's in, in our culture, in our, in, our, in, our, in, our, in our thinking, we, when, we, when we talk about Saul's, it stands for something permanent. It stands for being loyal, for being durable, uh, for being useful, for being valuable, for, for purification. It stands for all those things. Now then, with that, with that added injunction, with that added teaching, Christ said... You are the salt of the earth. You're the salt. You're, you're the, you, you are the preservative. You, 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 you perform such an important task in our culture. You are the seasoning of our culture. You're the disinfectant. You know, the, the old, the old saying, rub salt in a wound. And, and a lot of times we think that's bad. You know, it's, well, that's just rubbing salt in the wound. Did you know that that was a good thing? That was salt. When there was uh, before there was medicine, salt was a disinfectant. Salt killed the bad stuff and allowed wounds to heal. You're a disinfectant in society. You're the salt. You're 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 the you're the presence of Christ. Here in Hamburg, Arkansas. Here in this community, you are the presence of Christ here. Do you understand what that means? The Holy Spirit dwells in you. And by the way, we won't get into all the theology of that. But the Holy Spirit dwells in you. The Holy Spirit is the presence of Christ in this age. You have the Holy Spirit within you. Wherever you go, you are, you bring a little bit of Christ into the situation. You don't have to Bible thump. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to, you don't have to say, well, I'm a Christian. You don't have to do anything. You being there with Christ present in your life is like salt to our culture. Y'all, that's important. We need to understand that. If there is, if there is to be proper seasoning, you're to do it. If there is to be a preservative in our culture, you're to do it. If there is to be, if there is to be a disinfectant in our, in our culture, you're to do it. If there's to be permanence, loyalty, usefulness, value, purification, all those things. It's your responsibility. It's so important for you to understand what Christ said when He said, you are the salt of the earth. I want, to, I want to talk about some thoughts about salt. First of all, it doesn't take much. Now, unless you're like my wife's family. And then it takes a lot. <laughs> the nights are known. I don't know why. Jane, even, she, she'll, she'll tell you that when she was a little girl, she'd run through her mamaw's house and... Her and her cousin would would take take the salt shaker and and, and salt out uh, put salt in in the palm of their hand and run out and would lick their 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 finger and do that you know they they just they they had a craving for salt but for 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 most I almost said normal folks I better not say that for most everybody else for most everybody else it doesn't take much I don't I don't salt food I don't when I sit down at table, maybe you do, but when I sit down at the table, I normally just take whatever is naturally what was put in when, when the food was prepared. 
It doesn't take much. You might say, well, you know, I'm just one person. I'm just one. What, what difference can I make? I told you that a little, a little you know, it doesn't take much. And you're, and you're saying, well, I don't have much to offer. I, I'm, just, I'm just one person. I'm, I'm just, uh, I can't, what possible difference? What difference can I make? I'm just a school teacher down here at the, at the elementary school or high school. Or I'm just a worker at the factory. I'm just, I'm just one of the guys down at the shop. What difference can I make? Do you, do you remember, and in, in I believe it was uh, 84, maybe, 84, the Tiananmen Square? Do y'all, do y'all remember that, that, that one guy? The one guy, all the tanks were rolling into Tiananmen Square. And this one guy, it, it looked like he had a grocery bag under his arm. If you look at the video, you know, it looks like he was coming from the market. And he saw all these, all these, all these tanks coming toward the square. And what did he do? He, he said, I've got to do something. I've got to do something. What could one person do? Do you know what he did? He went out and he stood in front of the, in front of the tank. And the tank stopped. And the guy was confused. The driver was confused. He didn't know what to do. So he, he backed that. If you, if you look at the video, he backed that tank up and he started going around this way. And the guy just moved over. Moved over in front of it. Do you know that nobody even knows who that guy was? He's never been identified. He's, nobody knows his name. But here is one man who made a statement to the world saying one person can make a difference if they stand strong. Talking about school teachers, how many, how many public school teachers do we have here? I know we have some. Bless you. You know, summer is a time when parents realize that teachers are grossly underpaid. There's a school teacher. Back during the Civil War, his name, his name was Joshua Chamberlain. Anybody ever heard of Joshua Chamberlain? Joshua Chamberlain. He was a school teacher. He was from Maine. He had a, he had a small group of men there on the very end, at, at the very end of the line, at the very end of the line, a long line of soldiers that went all the way back into Gettysburg. He was the captain over a, a, a small group of men here. And, and, and they said, now, Captain Chamberlain, you've got to hold that line right there. You've got to hold that. Because if, if the, if the, if the, if the uh, enemy is able to go around you and get behind, then they'll have, us on, they'll have us squeezed in. They'll have us on two fronts. So it's very important that you, you refrain, you, you hold off the enemy down here. Joshua Chamberlain and his small group of men fought off a, a regiment, a regiment from the from Alabama. The, 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 the Alabama regiment would would make their way up the hill, and Joshua Chamberlain's group would would fight them back. And that that went on most of the day. And toward the end of the day, a, a group from Texas joined in with the 
with a group from Alabama, and, 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 and uh, there was a little boy that had climbed a tree, and he said, he said, they're coming, they're coming. Joshua Chamberlain said, okay, um, uh, get, your, get, your, get your weapons ready. And somebody said, we're out of ammunition. He said, well, go to the dead and the dying and get their, get their uh, ammunition. And, and they said, we did that last time. We're out. We don't have any. So this one man, this one man who, who, who we look and say, well, what can one person do? This one man stood up on the little, little uh, stone wall and he said, Mount Bayonets. And that group of men did something crazy. They mounted their bayonets on the end of their rifle and he stood up on that on that wall, and he said, charge! And he went down and did something that changed history. Changed history. Because, you know, here we are in the South, and we say, boy, the South shall rise again. I'm going to tell you what. The South not winning the Civil War was the best thing that ever happened to us. Because if the South had won, and, 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 and probably if they'd been able to take over Chamberlain's group that day, they might have gotten around behind. It was a close battle anyway. They may have won uh, that, that, uh, that, uh, that uh, battle. And that was a turning point in the war. They very well could have won the war. And y'all, if, if the South had won, they, they say that, that, uh, that, it, that our nation would look a whole lot like Europe now. You'd have the north up there. They'd be one country. You'd have the south down here. They'd be another country. They'd, then Texas and the plains and all that, they, they probably would be another country in the west coast and the north. You know, you'd have about six or seven different countries. And in 1939, when Hitler came along, there wouldn't be a United States of America to stand in the gap. One person, y'all, one person can make a difference. You need to understand that, Promised Land Baptist Church. One person can make a difference in this community. One person can make a difference. It permeates. Salt permeates. Y'all ever tried to unsalt food? Ooh, these peas have a little too much salt in them. Well, just take some of it out. Can't do it, can you? Salt permeates. You know, a lot of people understand this principle. We, we need to understand this principle. We as Christians need to understand this principle because you know who else understands this principle? Y'all know the, the y'all 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 have heard of the Muslim Brotherhood, the the group that's about to take over and maybe already has taken over Egypt. Y'all back in uh, years ago, I don't have it. I don't even have it written down. It's been twenty or thirty years ago. They presented a plan to what was what was the what in our country would be the House of Representatives, the lower house in Egypt. They presented a strategic plan. Let me let me read you part of it. Um, 
the Iquam, that's the, that's the, that's the, that's the evangelist. That we would call that the evangelist. Uh, the Iquam of the, of the Muslim faith must understand that their work in America, listen to this, is a kind of grand jihad in eliminating and, and destroying the Western civilization from within and sabotaging its miserable house by their hands and the hands of the believers so that it is eliminated and God's religion, and by the way, that's not talking about our God, God's religion is made victorious over all other religions. That was their plan. Do you know that Muslims in the last ten years have grown 67% in the United States of America? Fastest. They are the fastest growing religion there is. Do you know, do you know what they're doing? They're going in and just salting the culture. They're just going in and they're moving in and they're, they're, they're integrating, they're, they're staying true to their, to their teaching and they're salting the culture. Jehovah's Witnesses, since 2000, in 2009, had a, had a 5% growth. You know, you know why they're growing so much? Because they get out and talk to people about their religion. They knock on your door and, you know, you run the other way, you don't answer it, or you tell them you don't have time. But let me tell you something. Some people do listen. Five, they had a 5% growth in 2009. Mormons. Last 10 years they've grown 45%. Why? Why the growth? Why are, why are these, why are these cults growing so much? Because they practice their beliefs and they engage the culture. I'm going to tell you, Promised Land, you, things y'all have had a settled culture around here for a long time. Don't get complacent. Don't think that there aren't some people who are going to move in here and try to change things. Don't think that things are going to always go on as they always have because that's just the way it is around here. Y'all, there are people who are vying for your young people's minds, for their support. You better, don't sit back, don't sit back and say, we got this. You better be active. You better be salt. You are the salt of the earth. Salt changes what it touches. Christians should change. Christ followers should change whatever they touch. The presence of Christ should be seen and felt. I, I know that we had a gentleman in our, in our Sunday school class who is just uh, is going to be taken over as county judge here. Right? That's good. Y'all, when, when he does his county judge work, the presence of Christ ought to be with him. We've got some teachers who raise their hands. And I know, I know you're limited. I know you're limited. My wife is a, is a retired public school teacher as well. I know you're kind of limited in, in some things that you can do. But let me tell you something. The presence of Christ should follow you in the classroom. Whatever you do, wherever you go, presence of Christ needs to permeate. Salt is a, is a preservative. I better, I better hurry up here. Salt is a preservative. It stops decay. 
Y'all, our society is in a, in a decay mode. De- decay mode. Uh, probably you've been following this Chick-fil-A controversy, right? Rahm Emanuel, Rob Emanuel, Rahm Emanuel, Chicago mayor, made a statement. He said, Chick-fil-A's values are not Chicago's values. That speaks volumes right there. And I'm proud, I'm proud of a group of black pastors in Chicago who stood up and said, Your values are not our values. Now, I had a lot, and and Trey, I'm going to talk about some of you contemporaries a little bit. Not you. I has, you know, I, I do a lot of work with younger, with some, I love younger pastors, I love youth pastors, I love working with them, I, I, I like hanging around with them, I, I just, I like them. And I had a, a lot of my younger friends in the ministry who stayed out of that Chick-fil-A controversy. As a matter of fact, there was one of them, I was a little disappointed in him, he even derided it just a little bit. He didn't want, he, and, and, and the deal is, is that they, they don't want to offend, they don't want to offend. They don't want to offend anybody. They want to, you know, be inclusive. They want everybody to come to the gospel. I do too. But they don't want to, they, they, they want to stay away from that controversy. Well, I, I'm going to tell you something. I don't want to offend anybody. And, and, and when you go to talking about, uh, when you go to talking about the gay community or homosexuals, I, some of my friends are homosexuals. And I, I don't deride them. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't talk bad about them. I don't defriend them because they are. But I will tell you this. I believe in the biblical principle of marriage. I believe that one man and one woman. And when you go to talking about premarital sex or extramarital sex or, or, or homosexuality or any of those, I'm going to tell you that those are outside the purview of the way that God intended it. And we need to stand up and say that. We need to be a preservative in our society. Your saltiness is the only thing that's standing in the way of our society's decay. And we need to stand up. Salt is a necessity of life. Did you know that, that your blood is actually, it's not, it's not quite as salty as the ocean, but it's salt. Did you know that your blood is salty? It's, uh, it's salty enough that if you were to taste it, that you could taste uh, it would it, it would have a salty taste to it. Y'all, salt is 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 necessary. It's it's life giving. You, my friends, possess the truth. You possess the life giving truth. John in John chapter six verse sixty eight, Simon Peter uh, Peter answered Christ. He said, "When when Christ said, will you also go away?" Peter came back and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where are you going to go, folks? You know where the truth is. You know that the truth lies in the gospel and the message of Jesus Christ. We need to share that. Next. Oh, and I'm going I'm to step on toes just a little bit here. Salt is of no use. Now think about this. It's actually harmful. Salt is of no use if it's piled up in one place. 
Think about that. You see, some people have the, have the mistaken idea that being a good Christian means that I come to church. That I get in here with all these other Christians. I, I don't know, how many, how many of you remember when we used to make ice cream like this? You remember that? And somebody had, finally, somebody had to, at the end, somebody had to sit on top of the ice cream, you know, to hold it down. You turn it. Well, when you got the ice cream made, what mama tell you to do with the water? Huh? Exactly. Pour it somewhere where we want it. She didn't say go out there in the flower bed. Better not. Go pour that out somewhere where we wanted to. Go pour it along the fence row. That's where we always pour it. Pour it along the fence row. Where you wanted grass to die. Y'all, us ganged up in here, we're not, we're not doing God's work by all being here. As a matter of fact, it would be harmful if this is all we did. If we just, if we just decided, well, we, we need, we'll go to church. That, that's our activity. That, that proves that we're Christians. Y'all, that, that attitude is actually harmful. You do the work of Christ when you walk outside these doors. Christ said, go into all the world. Permeate the culture. Permeate the culture. Last of all, every creature craves salt. Every creature craves salt. Thus the salt licks. Now, Y'all, not everybody realizes they need it, but they do. You have the truth. If there's, if there's one message, one thing that I'd like for you to get, this has not been an evangelistic sermon. This has been a sermon to Promised Land Baptist Church, to the membership. If there's one thing that I want... I want to leave with you today is you are the salt of the earth. You are the presence of Christ. You are to go out there and to make a difference in Hamburg, Arkansas, in Ashley County, Arkansas. You, if you don't do it, it's not going to get done. People are going to die and go to hell because you were not the salt that you needed to be. How about it? How you doing? There's no better time. There's no better time than right now to recommit, to dedicate, to say, yes, I want to make a difference. I want to be salt. I'm about to start school. I'm about to go off to college. I'm about to start my 20th year of teaching. I'm, I'm, I'm about to, to get involved in Awana again. I'm, I'm about, you know, this is kind of a, a, a renewal time when things begin to start over. There's no better time than right now to say, yes, I want to be salt in my community. I want to be salt in my school. I want to be salt in my workplace. Would you commit to do that? Let's stand together. I don't know what your practice is. I know that we're, we're going to have, we're going to have a, 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 an invitation.
And I don't know what your standard practice is. If, if you want to come down down here and pray, if you want to if you want to come forward, you want to take me or brother Michael by hand and say, I want to make a difference. I want to be salt. I want I, I want to do the commandment that Christ left for us to be salt of the earth. Pray for me that I can be that I can be the influence of Christ in my workplace, in my school, wherever I'm going. Would you do that? This invitation is open to you. Let's look to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. We are thankful, Lord. We're thankful that you that you saved us, that you that you place that we we carry with us your blessed Holy Spirit, and that we are the presence of Christ in this world. And God, if there are those here who have covered that up or stomped it down or or, or, or negated that or, or, or made it a, a less of an issue, but right now they realize, they realize that they need, to be your, they need to be your presence. God, I just pray. I pray that they commit. They become what you'd have them become. God, if there's one here who knows you not, I pray this would be the hour. Pray in Christ's name. Amen. Would you come? The only thing I'm asking you to do is be salt. Be salt. Would you do what Christ commanded you? Would you come?